This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for professional medical advice. Please seek a medical professional or healthcare provider if you're seeking any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Thanks, everyone. Let's try this again. It's so cute. If you guys have followed us like on threads and all these other places, you'll see that he's pretty much become our official, unofficial dog. He's so cute. Point. Like he keeps me warm. Yeah. He just wants attention. If you, if anybody out there has a lab or, you know, anything like a lab, um, you'd know that they just are attention hogs. But I know. Anyway. So cute. We uh, attempted to start this episode and then we were both very confused on why the space looked so clean. Everything and, looks um, clear. And then I realized I didn't set up the microphones. And I didn't notice. <laughs> Neither all. one of us noticed until I was like actively telling my mind because I've already Julie noticed it. though. And, but she, and she even asked me, she's like, like, what are we missing? And I was like, well but i noticed it already recording and i'm like introducing the episode and everything and then then i'm like wait a minute i gotta move closer and i'm like you idiot you're moving closer to what there's nothing (laughs) anyway to what so we're here and like i was saying in the blooper that i'm sure you guys will see in social media because that was an awesome blooper (laughs) um uh, we're gonna be talking about ai and medicine yes super hot topic now with Mm -hmm. medicine Lots coming out with it. Yeah. I mean, in the practice of medicine and teaching medicine, it's just everywhere. I mean, AI is just going to become like, I think, well, I talked about it with Adrian. He's a a friend cop of ours and he's into IT. He has his own IT company and everything. He's like, he's just boss manning it out there. Anyway, instead of boss girling, boss manning. Boss manning. I like that. I'm just, I'm all over the place today. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So since he's into IT and all that, I wanted to talk to him about it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? Let me pick your brain on this. Because a lot of people out there are like, man, you know, AI is going to take over the world. It's going to take over like all the jobs. Everybody's freaking out and scared of AI. And I'm like, let me ask him. Like if anybody would know, like it'd probably be Adrian. And he's like, honestly, I think it's going to become like the next computer. Like mm-hmm. you remember back, mm-hmm. well, we lived it. Us millennials, any millennials out there. Mm-hmm. When computers came out, everybody was saying the same thing. Like, oh, my God. He's like, remember how computers, everybody was scared of computers at first. The same thing. They're going to take over. Nobody's going to have any jobs left or whatever. And what computers did was just amplify our lives. Amplify everything. It helped us out in every Especially aspect. during the pandemic. Absolutely. So I agree with him. I think AI is going to be like the next computer revolution of like now it's and we're seeing it now in, in this AI and medicine, how it's going to. It's just going to help us out. It's going to make us better at all these things. And one one example, which we're going to talk about, is in medicine. Yes. It's like a big topic in medicine. Yeah. And some people are kind of scared, you know, because mm-hmm. the same scare that happened with, you know, everyone seeing before that. Here we go. The eyebrow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't even concentrate because I'm like physically trying to like not raise this eyebrow. That Evie, like this. Evie just has this thing that she wants to control her what your my left eyebrow my left eyebrow her left eyebrow because she says it has a mind of its own it does have a mind of its own if you guys heard our episode on alien hand syndrome she believes she has eyebrow syndrome, syndrome. no alien, alien eyebrow, eyebrow syndrome. syndrome and i think it's cute i think it's part of her character it's very it part of my character but goddamn like all the time like calm down she's but the thing is that like, i never knew this until we started filming <laughs> So I, I'm sure I cannot be the only person that people look back on their videos and I'm like, wow, why do I do that? Oh, all the time? I do that all the time. I'm the one that edits our videos. Trust me. I see a lot of my shit, too. Yeah, and whatever. Well, like, Alien Hand, what are we going to name her? Oh, I don't know. What do you want to name her? Has to be something with attitude, something with spice, something. Bicholda. I'm going to call her Bicholda. That's that's spicy. Bicholda. <laughs> She's like a boss, you know? Isn't she like a, a reggaeton person? It's Carol G. Oh, that's her? She's a bichota, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Right? I think that's what they call her, bichota. I don't know. I don't listen to reggaeton. You know me. I know there's somebody called bichota. Hold on. And any Puerto Rican that's listening to us right now, they're like, oh my God, they keep saying that word. <laughs> I'm sorry. We don't Be- mean it in that way. Bichota. Yeah. An individual who, due to hit... Well, it's basically a he thing, but she made it a her thing right? because it's Bichote. So Bichote is an individual who, due to his economic or political position, is considered more important and influential than any other person. So she just named herself Bichota. So she's Bichota. All right. Well, anyways. So AI, um, you know, like Adrian was saying, or your conversation with Adrian, is that before we used to really... um, be afraid that it was going to take away jobs because computers were going to kind of like take over the world and stuff. And um, there's a lot of physicians that now are kind of like, you you know, not that they're going to take away jobs, but it's, you know, going to affect, right. You know, jobs, but there are so many good things that we're going to be discussing as we scroll through the podcast. Yeah. There's a lot of good things that come out of AI as well. Yeah. Um, and we'll kind of talk through it as our points. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we're of the mind and, you know, everybody has their own opinion on this, but I think we're both on the same mind of it's going to just help. I think it's yeah. definitely going to, I yeah. think it's, I think I can see both sides. Yeah, definitely. I can see both sides on how maybe it, it I think a lot of people, it's almost, I guess like the way that I like to put it is like Dr. Google. Uh-huh. Yes. So yeah. there's Dr. Google and now we have AI. Yeah. So it's like a, yeah, the doctor yeah. to go to. You know what I mean? Yeah, that you're gonna start getting patients like, oh, Chat GPT told me that because I had this headache. Yeah, you know, I have this or whatever. Yeah. Which is not technically wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. But, but it's like, was your follow up question like, how common is this? Yeah, there's just you a know, lot. There's just a lot that goes into it. Yeah. However. The new AI in medicine, it's really geared like towards healthcare. So not so broad as like a chat GPT. Mm-hmm. So I think it is going to be helpful in the sense that I think clinicians or providers, doctors are going to be more efficient yeah. with their 
with their visits and it's going to improve the efficiency of it. So let's say if it right. takes me 10 steps to get from point A to point B in right. your diagnosis, maybe AI instead of 10 steps, it's going to be like five steps. So it's not terrible. Well, I think it's really, really going to help you guys in the efficiency area with EMR. Mm-hmm. because you guys spend so much freaking time taking notes writing like documenting that i feel that and, is where it's gonna come in and save you guys and so much <laughs> you know what's crazy is that our documentation yeah has even been even more limited because the volume of patients is so much mm-hmm. so our documentation naturally goes down because it's impossible to document everything yeah yeah so we document the highlights yeah. basically and things that are pertaining to that visit right however our documentation is slowly but surely like just getting less and less and less because then now because of emr we have to document other things that we didn't want to document before just to meet measures yeah okay you know? understood so and that could be for billing that could be for insurance that could be for like all these things yeah. so like for example if an adult goes for their regular annual care, like annual visit, you have to document that you talked about smoking cessation. Mm, okay. Yeah, you know, for insurance. For insurance purposes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then like for me and um, a, a, like a general example is every two, like every two year old and up ages two to three. I think they're going to start doing it for two. But I think for now it's age of three and up. I have to on the note, I have to document BMI and that I discussed exercise and nutrition counseling. Uh-huh. Interesting. I have to document it wow. into my note. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you see, so it's like little things like that. It's like the patient came in for constipation, but yes, I documented it. I like did like nutrition and exercise counseling on their BMI right, and right. stuff. Yeah. So you see, like those type of things. If there is a way to integrate AI to save you all of that tedious like time that's taking away from you interacting with the patient themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fantastic, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I mean, AI is developing so quickly every day. Yeah. It's like more and more and more that one day it's going to be integrated into the EMR system some way, somehow. I think mm-hmm. it actually is already in with like patient records in some hospitals, like very, very few, just like in organizing and data collection of patients. And whatnot. Yeah. So like back in 2020, Microsoft bought Nuance, which is like basically it's the... AI kind of like world in healthcare. Okay. And then now recently they just came out with DAX. It's a dragon artificial something like that. Ambient. That's what it's called. Dragon ambient intelligence. That's what it is. So basically DAX is a patient comes in, Mm -hmm. right? And you have to obviously give permission that you're going to be recording them. But basically what it does is that it records our whole entire visit. And then it writes our note for us. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's not what's even crazier, which is I'm telling you, like science is advancing so much. And this is where I feel like it can really help us. Absolutely. Is that right after, like immediately after the visit is over, it, this system, this AI system will write this note for you, uh-huh. okay? But not like every single word. Like it summarizes like huh. what you talked about, getting yeah. rid of like little things so it's not like right. extra like filler, words, filler and words and stuff. And then on your assessment and plan, it like gives you, oh yeah, so like for this headache, based on what you discussed with your patient, maybe you would suggest 
a CT, you know, something like, yeah, something like that, <laughs> or a neurology console or yeah, something. Yeah, so yeah. it's literally like almost like setting it up already for the physician to kind of like, yeah, pick and choose, be, yeah, pick and choose and be more efficient. And then maybe even bring up studies yeah. on like why you would want to get things. Awesome. Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. Because I, definitely makes you guys more efficient yeah the only thing that i see that's like maybe could be a little bit and we'll talk about it we're like going off on a tangent we haven't even started our (laughs) so we haven't even read our first bullet point um the only thing that i can see with ai though in that certain situation which is what i'm afraid that can happen is that when you have a patient and they come in for something maybe there's one little like red flag word that the patient mm-hmm. okay. says that you hear and you're like, but well, you you clear it up in a certain way, but the system picks up that red flag word mm-hmm. and then like tunnels you into like this oh, certain diagnosis. Okay, okay, okay. So then I feel like that, could it lead to unnecessary testing okay. and stuff like that? Maybe it's something that's I'm like sure that's, so new yeah and there's got to be a way for like settings wise for yeah. you to make it maybe more general or yeah, yeah. for you to tunnel a little more or yeah. less type yeah. of thing so i mean it's so fascinating that's it's incredible. so it's so crazy yeah the fact that it could write yeah. your notes like that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah and a lot of physicians have come out to comment on it the people mm-hmm. that are using it i personally haven't used it in my clinic setting but there's other physicians that have reviewed it so far and they say that it's like it's actually really nice because it also catches like certain parts of the conversation of your patient that you wouldn't have documented before. Right. Like the patient went on this, you know, vacation with their family and stuff like that. And it's like on a regular yeah. note, I'm sorry, like I'm not, right. gonna, I'm not going to, I don't have time to write about that yeah. we talked about your vacation, but this, this AI incorporates it into the note. Like, oh, so we discussed this and this and this and that and blah, That's blah, blah. So That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, Honestly, that's why I think that AI in the future, of course, like we're going to talk extensively in medicine, but in other aspects of our lives, it's just going to help us just like Mm -hmm. computers are. I can't imagine a life without a computer now with our iPhones. My phone, yeah. I can't. So, you know, so we're going to probably, our kids are probably going to be like that. I can't imagine my life without AI. Yeah. You know, so it's good. I don't know. Anyway, so finally jumping into the episode. (laughs) For real. 15 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, and that's not even counting the blooper. Anyway, <laughs> um, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so um, AI in medicine, it's a broad term that refers to the use of artificial intelligence techniques and applications to improve healthcare outcomes and patient experiences. AI in medicine can also help diagnose, treat, monitor patients, but also pose ethical and practical challenges, which is kind of like what Julia and I were kind of discussing right now. Exactly. I mean, that's like the big hesitation, like how to make sure that there isn't an ethical like problem. There's going to be, of course, there's going to be ethical problems. You're talking about artificial intelligence. Oh, there's going to be something in there that you need some sort of human to. 100%. So. Disease detection and diagnosis, Uh, AI can basically help analyze medical data and images to detect signs of disease or conditions that might be missed by human doctors. For example, AI can help identify lesions or tumors in CT scans, x-rays, MRIs, or monitor vitals, vital signs of patients in critical care and alert clinicians if there's a risk of sepsis, which is basically infection in the blood, or other complications that can happen. Yeah. So that is 
I think that that's pretty useful. Yeah, I okay. think so too. Yeah, I'm gonna give one example. I we there's a very close family friend of ours that went to the ED right because she was making paella. And she swallowed a piece of shell from the clams. Right, right. Right. So she, I guess she didn't clean the clams correctly yeah. and then ate a piece of shell, but was lodged in her esophagus. Oh, crap. Yeah. So what ended up happening is that she felt that she had something stuck in her esophagus and it was like, actually, she was like kind of almost choking. So she had to call 911 mm-hmm. and they came and took her to the emergency room. They did x-rays and then the physician at that time was like, well, I don't see anything. And she's like, I'm not crazy. I can yeah. feel it in my throat. And then he was like, okay, well, t- tell me exactly where you feel it. So she points. When the emergency room doctor went back, he's like, you know, an x-ray, certain things are going to light up. Certain things are not going to light up. Okay. However, when he went back and looked specifically where she was pointing at deeper, he saw that there was almost like a little bit of a change. Wow. So, so, like tiny, so tiny. tiny. Yeah. Um, and he, he looked at it and he talked to radiology and he's like, no, there's, that's where it's stuck. Yeah. We can actually see the changes of the tissue around it. Oh, man. So I feel like in this sense. Yeah. You know, AI would be like, there's something here. Yeah, ding, there's something here. Don't miss that. Even if it's just for the doctor just like to look and see and just be like, no, that's nothing. Right. But it's something that AI can detect and say, hey, this is abnormal. And then she would have, I mean, she and the doctors would have saved all that time of the back and forth of like, no, I promise it's here. Exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So that's just like one uh, story where I can say that like it's very helpful. Mm -hmm. However, then I think about other situations like there are people that get MRIs and there's like little spots on the MRI that might light up. And it's it's very what we say nonspecific, you know, so it's nonspecific. It's nothing really to worry about. Nothing Mm -hmm. that we should probably in the future need any repeat imaging unless you start having like symptoms or something. But so I'm sure that AI will be like, hey, this is like signaling in this MRI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We picked up this like abnormal signaling. And then it's like, what? If, so I can just see it yeah. like kind of, you know, going crazy, going crazy, <laughs> like a snowball effect, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but it's, but at least, you know, you always try to look at things. Yes. Yeah the way that you're going to improve right right at least it triggers you to at least review mm-hmm. review those abnormal spots I agree. so and then then it's your job as a physician to s- tell your patient hey i did review these things and all of that and it, it's fine you know? yeah yeah uh, yeah absolutely i think efficiency is going to be where it's going to like skyrocket yeah. And you like, I, well, I want to know, and, and we'll talk about it after. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to save my questions for after. Because this is <laughs> this is what I like about this podcast. You know, we start talking about these things, and then I start asking myself questions, and then I go into like off the deep end. So. <laughs> so other things with AI, personalized disease treatments. So AI can help provide customized and precise treatments for patients based on their genetic, environmental, and lifestyle factors. For example, AI can help recommend the best medication dosage and therapy for a patient with a specific type of cancer or rare disease. And I can, I mean, yeah. this could be so many different things. So many. The example in this situation, like a vignette, is basically mm-hmm. cancer patient. Right. Which I can, I can say, like, that's probably really good. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that um, there's so much research 
and new things coming out with exactly. cancer and all these things. So is AI able to kind of just bring everything together in a way where yeah, we have everything almost available right in front of us? It's like if you have a patient, you're like, oh, I remember reading something. And then yeah. it's like, boom, right there. That's it. That's So it. I think that that can yeah. help a lot. And then honestly, I think about it in other ways too. Like I have a patient that has XY disease and they failed xy treatment mm, so you then know what? Yeah. sometimes maybe do i need a specialist to get maybe further recommendations right. and then maybe ai is able to help me right while i wait to get the specialist involved exactly so it's those type of things that that uh sorry i um my friends are texting me about like CME, <laughs> continuing medical education. Um, so yeah, so it's those type of things that I that I think about that it would be extremely helpful. Yeah, we yeah. have now like e consults. So okay. basically, if a patient comes into me, I don't know for a rash, mm. I could take a picture of it and mm -hmm. then e consult a dermatologist, oh. and they can look at it and then f at least give me some sort of treatment or guidance in while we wait. So it's like to see it in person. So it's like kind of like telehealth. Yeah, it's like a telehealth. Yeah. Exactly. But it's like nice because you get the consult nice. in two immediate. Days. Well, yeah, not immediate, but yeah, a lot quicker and than having to wait for an appointment or no, whatever. No, and it's so nice because these sometimes these um, specialists are so good with these e-consults that they send me articles and they send me like current guidelines nice. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had a sickle cell patient the other day mm -hmm. that was like newly diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And I know how to manage sickle cell, like, you know, primary care wise, like vaccines, starting penicillin, uh -huh. all these things. But, you know, parents have certain questions and I myself have certain questions. And I'm like, mm, that's definitely a question for the specialist. Yeah. So I'll go and I'll consult them. Yeah. And then they'll be like, no, yeah, you're doing everything correctly. And then you can do this. And they're like, here are current guidelines specifically that's on awesome. this topic. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's why I'm saying like this is going to be like that. This is going to be very, yeah. On steroids almost like, you know. No, immediately. Just, that's why I'm saying. It's immediate. Immediate, like, like right after the, the consult, I'm going to have everything there. Yeah. You know? Or even during the consult, you, this is the history of the patient, you know, whatever, allergies, whatever yeah. the heck. And then it kind of like funnels down like your options and treatment mm -hmm. plan or whatever. Mm -hmm. it's, it's awesome. Anyway. Clinical decision support. So AI can help doctors and nurses make better decisions, literally what I was just saying, by providing them with relevant information, research, or guidelines. Exactly what she was just talking about, but it's going to be like immediate on your hand during your consulting the patient even. For example, AI can help suggest the most appropriate tests, diagnosis, or treatments for a patient based on their symptoms, history, or evidence. Clearly, I wrote these notes. <laughs> It's so crazy how we talk about all these things, and then it's like bullet points right it's after. It's like, God damn it. Like, why? I, I went ahead of myself. Like, clearly. <laughs> anyway, healthcare efficiency and quality, as we keep on saying and reiterating how much this is going to like just help and explode efficiency for you guys. Yeah. Mostly that you guys are, what's the word for, especially in primary care, like you, that you're um, a pediatrician, so you're considered primary care, Mario, family medicine, or whatever. Um, not dwindling numbers but there's like a there's a deficiency there's like a need oh, no for... no yeah there's the, definitely a shortage there but wow i can't think of the name shortage <laughs> the, the yeah, word right. shortage but there's a shortage of primary care and you guys have such a volume of patients it's insane it's such a volume of patients that anything to help you guys be more efficient 
yeah will help you guys be a better doctor yeah you know at there's the end some of the day time, there's sometimes that i'm a little bit afraid of that though because sometimes the word efficiency translates to oh well if you're more efficient on one side that it gives you more work more work for the other i could see that i could see that so that's why you know when Mm. a lot of people say like this is gonna make you more efficient and all these things i'm like like, "Mm." that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that what does that mean what does that translate into like more patience more workload more more is more exactly what is the asterisk with the efficiency exactly so we'll see i don't want to be the negative person and thinking that this is but you're right and mostly, I mean, people that are listening to this in corporate America, they're like, yeah, that's a red flag right yeah, there. So they're like, like, well, yeah. you know, it shouldn't take you this long anymore to do this thing. So that opens up your time to do this. And then yeah, it's kind of like a vicious circle. Understood. So. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, hopefully efficiency and quality. Yeah, that's what quality. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> so AI can help improve the workflow and productivity of healthcare professionals and systems by automating tasks which is what i mean if you guys could just have those tedious little like check check okay nah for insurance this is for billing you know whatever if that could get out of your workflow that'd be amazing yeah and then i also think like how are insurance companies oh they're already using affected but they're already using ai i know but i let's just okay like Mm -hmm. my problem with a lot of insurance companies is that i will get a call Mm. from them saying hey, I see that you prescribed this medication, but you never documented that the patient failed this other medication, Mm -hmm. which in order to get this medication covered, they should try this medication when we already know that it's going to fail. Yeah, it's so useless. You know, so So, it's wasting time. Of course. So then I'm wondering, like, how AI is going, you know, like, you know, so, so basically a lot of physicians, are, our argument is that we are arguing with people that didn't even go to medical school. 100%. And it, so you're telling me how to manage my patient yeah. even though you never went to medical school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now what I'm afraid is that, well, you know, AI, you know, says this and this and that, blah, mm. blah, blah. Okay, okay, okay. I see what you mean. Okay. There's a lot of things that, like, I think about, yeah, like, yeah. with AI. So it's yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that this is what's going to happen. No, it's just this is what's sparking conversation. Absolutely. And stuff like that. And that's how, and that's how you got to make things better by sparking these conversations. Yeah. You know, that's the only way to try to yeah. align this to a good way, yeah. <laughs> to a good path. Yeah. But maybe, maybe not. Maybe the reverse will happen. Maybe through AI, AI and like articles and information and stuff yeah. like that will be more like it's going to be much quicker to tell like, hey, actually, there's a lot of studies showing that this is not mm. going to work. Exactly. So, Hence why know. a physician went towards this route. Yeah, this is the data exactly. for it. You know. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Time will tell. Maybe I don't have to do so many appeals. <laughs> so like I was saying, automating tasks, reducing errors, that's a big one, and optimizing resources, for sure, another big one too. For example, AI can help transcribe medical notes as it's already happening with what Evie just said earlier in the episode with that system. Um, Schedule appointments, that would be great. Um, Process claims, yeah, you were just going on a rant on that, or manage inventory, that too, which is like a big problem in a lot of clinics and stuff like that, trying to be on top of everything exactly all those tedious little things that you just don't have the time for yeah it's helpful when you're when you have a a clinic when you're seeing patients you need to run your numbers every single day how many patients did we see 
How many mm-hmm. of this got, I don't know, like COVID tested? How many of these uh, were prescribed medications? How many referrals did we place out today? And AI could like, just immediately just pop those numbers, numbers out for in. you. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. AI can help expand the reach and availability of healthcare services to understand remote populations by providing virtual or mobile solutions. For example, AI can help deliver telemedicine chat bots or self-care apps that can provide diagnosis, treatment, or advice to patients who lack access to doctors or facilities. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing because for rural areas, this is going to be a huge game changer. Big time. And then that time like that you went to, what was it? Guatemala or something like that. If you guys had the help of like chat bots, you know, for, for people there, Mm -hmm. since it's not a lot of you that go to these places, you could increase in essence a little bit, your numbers, you know, by adding this, I don't know, I, I, it would be great either way, you know, but yeah, no. And, and these rural areas, they just don't have access to medical care. So basically sometimes what ends up happening is that it's just one doctor for a whole entire town. Mm -hmm. And it's just a lot of work. And so maybe what can happen is that AI will help us kind of, I don't know, that's going to be further reach. Yeah, yeah. reach out and stuff. But at the end of the day, what does that what does that really mean, though? Like, yeah, what? So if you tell like an AI, oh, yeah, I have like ear pain and I have a fever. Like what? So you're going to prescribe amoxicillin? You know what I mean? Well, that's why it would probably be like. I pictured in my mind, like you said, one doctor in a small town, right? And then mm-hmm. let's say this, yeah, ear pain yeah. or whatever. And then he's not really, he or she doesn't really know what to do at this point. So it'll consult AI. AI will yeah. give him or her like, mm-hmm. hey, these are the possibilities mm-hmm. or these are the a- the actions to take maybe, mm-hmm. you know, like pretty much like a console, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then they could review it. But I don't see, I don't, I think it would be a slippery slope to let AI do the diagnosis that, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. i think so, it would be good to advise to consult the yeah. doctor but not to give the full-on diagnosis yeah you exactly know? i can I see so. this a lot like with people even like for areas in medicine that are heavily heavily overwhelmed yeah so like yeah. psychiatry and psychology mm, yeah and mental health you know these are appointments that will take months 100 100 and uh, so maybe AI can help kind of alleviate a lot of that and that maybe a person that's doing more general medicine is able to take care of these right. type of patients. Right. So might be something. It might be something. Well, you know that now there are chatbots that well, it's become a little bit of a of a thing. I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but it's kind of a bad thing in the world of psychiatry because then how do you how do you deal with these people that are developing emotional like connections and relationships with AI bots? Yeah. So it's like these apps. I don't really, I haven't explored that too much because it wasn't part of this episode, but now we're on this tangent. So I'm going to finish this statement, but there are apps out there that you could download and whatever. And then you pick and choose. I don't know. You want male, female or non-binary. And then they, um, they look certain way. They have this certain attitude. You like, you just customize the crap out of it. And then you start talking, you start talking to this bot, to this AI and it's just a chat all the time however however long you want to talk to this to this thing and there are people that have gone so down that rabbit hole that they now feel like a friendship or even more 
than that with these AI chat bots, yeah. whatever. It reminds it's me of that so... episode of Black Mirror. Did you ever oh, see yeah. it? I love Black that, Mirror. That passed that her husband passed away. Yes. And then yes. it was like a program, like an AI program that would start talking to her. Mm. So and would write like him, would tell jokes like yeah. him. And then she wanted to have like phone conversations. Yeah. And they did that too. Yeah. To the point where they sent her yeah. a whole entire That's crazy. like dummy yeah. that acted like her husband. Terrible. It's creepy. It, yeah. And it's just like how it's not natural. I mean, it, it's, it's horrible because we've all been, we've yeah. all experienced grief in some way, somehow, but like, it's just not natural. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not real, yeah. you know, it's, it's, but it feels real. Exactly. And it interacts with you real. Yeah. And then you don't get, mm -hmm. you stay stuck in that denial no, point. Your, your line of reality versus. It's not even blurred. Not, it's yeah, just it's not, not, it's non-existent yeah. at that point. Yeah. It's rabbit hole. Anyway, <laughs> where are we going with this? I don't, I don't know. I don't know how we got here, but like, it's just so much I know. to talk about in the subject. I mean, yeah. that kind of is medicine because then you got to treat those patients too. Like psychiatry wise, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Psychologically. Not, not only that, but you know. Is that a good or a bad thing? Because maybe some people think it'll be a good thing. Yeah. No, the other I don't thing know. that I was, I don't know. The other thing that is also comes into question if AI is going to help relieve so much of this like influx of patient be like more efficient, mm -hmm. then like where's the specialty, the specialty? You know what yeah. I mean? Like so before you're right. So now I'm doing the work of another specialist because the AI, the artificial intelligence is helping me, but at what point can I, right. you know, just at one point, like, where do I know? Like, where's the line that I cross? And I'm like, no, I need to. AI is not. My mind has been blown. Yeah. I'm going to put like a little mind blown emoji right over here. Oh, my God, that's right. So you guys primary care could just do everything now. I mean, I don't I wouldn't be able. To. No, I know. But you like, know. but if we're talking but about if this like is what that... they're saying, that you exactly. can you can have more help in certain places that don't have these sort of specialists. Right. You are technically like and. And everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Like my, I have a lot of friends that are in family medicine that practice in rural areas and they do a lot. I'm mm -hmm. talking, I'm talking to you about like births, everything, like yeah. everything yeah. you know, pee, oh, neuropsych. Yeah. They do a lot compared to maybe a person that lives in a more urban mm -hmm. setting and then mm -hmm. has access to these exactly. specialists. And yeah. then they're like, oh no, I don't do that. I know a lot of pediatricians that are like, I don't prescribe ADHD medications. And I'm like, I do. Like, yeah, yeah. That was part of my training. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but for them, they'll but be for like, them, no, they're like, no, I don't really feel comfortable. And then, yeah. or they're like, yeah, I kind of started it, but they're not comfortable yet. So we are kind of blurring those lines and kind of stepping into certain specialties. But if AI is really supposed to advance it so much, like, where do I know? Yeah. Like, where's where, the line? Where's the line? Like, how comfortable? am I or into trusting this AI, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, uh, oh man. Oh man, this is gonna just change a lot of medicine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so medical education and research. Uh, AI can help enhance the learning and discovery of medical students, professionals, researchers by providing them with interactive and adaptive tools, data, insights. For example, AI can help create realistic simulations, virtual reality, and augmented reality environments that can help train or test medical skills, knowledge, or scenarios. Super cool. 
I can just, when I read this in the show notes, I just imagined me as a medical student. I know. With virtual reality mm-hmm. on with a real patient, yep. like practicing. Yep. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty sick. <laughs> That's amazing. That's because I remember when Moria was taking, there's a, at least back then, there was a portion of your steps, right? That you had to like clinically. Some clinical something or another, no, no, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Which I can't believe. Now it, that's it, gonna it, be like, different, though. No, no, it is. It is done. It is eliminated. Like medical students do not have to do the physical portion of their boards. So we had our first exam. Yeah, we another had our one. We had our first exam. Then our second exam was half like part written, right? I and then that. part physical. So we actually had to go to a center. We had patients like standardized patients. And they had like real problems, yeah. these patients. Yeah. So we would have to write about it. They would get, they would present us with a clinical vignette, which is basically a 41 year old male with abdominal pain and I don't know, blood and blood in his stool yeah. or something. So then we would go and we would have to go and do these type of like workups, like on the patient. Yeah. And then we would have a certain time, like a certain number of minutes, maybe like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. Uh-huh. And then go and then outside and then sit and write the note. We had like nine minutes to write the note. And then we had to give our assessment, which is basically the summary of our thinking, and then provide three of our top differential diagnosis. So the three of the top things that it could be, and then our plan, all in nine minutes. Wow. And now, yeah, that's gone. It's gone now. So now like students don't have to do that at all. Which to me is insane. I was like, what? Like, how How do you know how they interact with a patient? That's why that's so different from you guys to now. Like, yeah. how do you, why would you do that? Why but would you COVID, eliminate that? COVID was a big thing in that. COVID was a huge thing okay, in that. Okay, fine, but COVID's, COVID restrictions COVID like, are lo- no longer around, okay? Yeah, so no, but it never went back. back. It never went back. That's BS. In my opinion... My opinion, my humble non-doctor opinion, that's BS. Because like you guys were put in the ringer. You guys had to prove that you guys were capable of handling in-person patients, which is the reality of your job. Yep. And then how are the new generation of doctors not being tested for that? That's a huge part of your job. A huge part of your job is the person-to-person interaction. Yeah. That is literally what you do. And then it was our third test. So then a lot of things have changed. Now they eliminated the physical part. Now the first exam is a pass-fail, which used I to heard not be that. like that either. I know, I know. You guys had to like chill yourselves to get, <laughs> to get like... a score and then average scores for average exactly. specialties and all these it's things. And shit. now it's just pass and fail. When we heard that, we're like, what the fuck? Because you were like Mario too. You guys had the, the, the score, the actual score yep. to compete for. No, and I had to, you know, like if I wanted a certain specialty, I you had, had to, to certain get a certain amount. score. That's, I can't. No, no. And now it's nope, not going fail. No, nope, not. I'm okay. Not, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, where were we? Anyways, so yeah. yeah. So <laughs> we already talked about like medical and research. So back to that. I can't imagine being in like a virtual reality and oh having a simu- like a patient simulation. Yeah, like with the meta goggles yeah. or whatever. And like... it looks real, you know, and you have Amazing. a Amazing. patient simulation. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't know, running a code, like doing all these things. Like those are things that. Have you ever done one of those virtual realities? I've never done a virtual reality, no. 
I but I I am obsessed. I've seen videos and stuff, and it, girl, it's insane. Like it looks real. It's ridiculous. I did it in Austin back uh-huh. when we lived in San Antonio, and it, yeah, you feel like you're there. I'm like obsessed. I thank God I don't have that here in my house because mm-hmm. I would probably live in that video game world. Yeah, I would because okay. So it was I don't I don't remember the name of it, but Mario and I went to it in a span of I think it was four nights that we were there in Austin. We went to it three times. Oh my god, that's how much we liked. It. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> and they had different video. I think it was four or five video games that mm-hmm. you could do it. Girl, they strap you up at least back then. Um, mm-hmm. This was like maybe two years ago. It was like a book bag type of situation and then this like go- head goggle thing, yeah. whatever. And then you're, if you were playing like a shooting game, the gun. If you were playing something else, it was like an axe. And then there was something else that was like a pirate game. And then that had something different. Yeah. Whatever. Point. Oh, and then they had like these little ball thingies yeah. for, the, for the computer to know where you are. Yeah. And that was in your hands, in your, and in your feet and in your head and whatever. Girl. It was accurate. Like, I was killing zombies left and right. I felt like I was in that haunted mansion for sure. And it was a room. So the room was, like, with these blocks that you can't pass, like, this yeah. boundary or whatever. But you're sure moving. Like set up. Yeah. Exactly. But you're moving throughout that whole room. Yeah. And then that room, in the virtual reality, you got... You enter different rooms. You go in and out. You it's Super crazy. It's insane. Mind-blowing how real. Once I've had those things on... I was in there. In there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally, totally in there. So for for that to be like this now that you are in a room with yeah. a patient, it could be anything. Yeah, anything could be happening. You could even do like surgery. Yeah, yeah. or oh, like yeah, you could practice procedures or yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Oh, do X, Y, and Z procedure, and yeah. you're there. Mm-hmm. You could virtual reality that procedure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My insane. My boy. Anyway, so. AI is rapidly evolving, and it's a promising field that can offer many benefits to patients, providers, and society. However, it also faces many challenges and risks, such as data quality, privacy, security, uh, biases, ethics, regulations, and human AI interaction. So this is kind of like what we were talking about before. There needs to be a human there. Like, it's not, we don't live in a digital world. No, yeah, it's just not, yeah. And like how... You can't train artificial intelligence on ethics. You know what I mean? Like you can train it in a sense that you can read it and you can explain certain situations and what the right thing should be. Exactly. You know, but not everything is clear cut. Unless they become self-aware. I have so many situations at work where I'm like, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I know what the right answer is. Yeah. But... That's very, and but it's not that easy. No. It's like the notebook that she's like, it's not that simple. That's <laughs> literally me at work sometimes. It's not that simple. So ADD at its best right now. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, it's not that simple. <laughs> crying because I'm definitely crying at work. <laughs> it's not that simple. Anyways. Okay. So some examples of how AI is currently being used right now in medical schools, as we were talking about. The possibilities are pretty endless, but there are virtual environments. It can create a realistic simulation, virtual reality, or augment or augmented. Augmented. Here we go. There you go. Take a shot. (laughs) Oh boy, no, don't. You'll get alcohol poisoning. (laughs) 
augmented reality environments that can help students learn and practice medical skills, knowledge, or scenarios. For example, AI can create virtual patients that can mimic real symptoms, conditions, or responses and allow students to interact with them and test their diagnostic or treatment abilities. AI can help evaluate the performance and progress of students by providing them with feedback, guidance, or recommendations, which that's pretty awesome. You yeah. know? For example, AI can analyze the verbal and nonverbal cues of students during simulated patient encounters and provide them with suggestions on how to improve their communication, empathy, or professionalism. Okay. I mean, that's a little rough because that's more, that's like, your personality has to go into play there, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a human thing there, but... Uh, but if they're saying that AI is telling you how to, like, improve your communication... Yeah. I guess the only thing that I can say that could be a positive there, because, again, like, a lot of these things, it's very objective. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I cannot teach you... Right. I can tell Empathy. you... What, exactly. Yeah. Like, I can tell you what's right or wrong, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, it's not black and white. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of yeah. things that go in there. So at the end of the day, the only thing that I can say that with this, that it can teach you how to communicate better is that it's almost maybe better that it's standardized. Right, right. So everyone is getting the same. That's what I figure. Like advice. Yeah. However... Then I I think about like my my experience like with my attendings and stuff like okay. that. Everyone learns something different from an attending. Okay. I I trained with this person and you know they taught me how to do this, but I learned what that I didn't want to be like them in this aspect. Mm, okay. You know, okay. like so, and that's yeah. but that's like the beauty in things yeah. you know that you have different experiences and not everything is so standardized it's literally like so what you're just gonna robotic. train students to be like all the same yeah robotic you know? at that point yeah. but when it comes to grading yeah maybe, yeah you know it's not unfair because there were many times where i would get an attending of mine that graded me but then some of my other peers would get another attending that's known to be harsher in grading mm. so we probably did the same but they got a lower score okay. just because the person grading was more difficult yeah so yeah. i can see how this ai could probably improve in the standardized standardization of it of grading at least that there's like at least like a rubric in the system mm -hmm. so that everything is fair and right. like kind of level like the the playing field is like leveled yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean yeah that would be the positive i guess of yeah. that aspect so so adaptive e-learning systems ai can help personalize and the learning experience of students by adapting the content pace or difficulty of the curriculum this is amazing i am 100 percent for this yeah. because everyone is so different in their yeah. ways of studying when i read this it's almost like a flashcard system mm -hmm. so it's like when you make an error on one thing it'll save it and then it'll repeat it to you yep. the next and yep. then like things that you get correct it might not show up as often so I think that's amazing and 100%. that's really going to elevate the way that people study. Yeah. Because let me tell you, I, I know I'm not alone. I really, when I was in medical school, I thought I knew how to study. Yeah. Mario thought the same thing. And, then, learn. and I had to learn how to study yep. because what I thought worked for me before was not working. It's just too much what you guys have to learn. Yeah, I was always a person in college. You would see me in my cubicle <laughs> with my book open and I would write down notes. Why? Because if I wrote it down, 
I would remember it. And man, I have like picture memories. I would be on a test and I'm like, I remember the page. I remember the picture and everything because I was more visual. So I mm-hmm. feel like that's why in notes, it was more visual for me to see my yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah. In med school, I was writing. And don't get me wrong, it was helping. But the volume There's was so much. so much that I could not. Of so course. I had to relearn how to study. Yeah. Because maybe studying for biology is different from studying medicine. Yeah. You know? And then and then I realized that I would study my ass off and then I would sit down for the exam, but I could not I could not answer the question correctly because mm-hmm. I wasn't able to apply my knowledge. Okay. So I had to change the way that I learned and it was so hard for me to accept that I needed to do questions. Mm. So that's why a lot of people say I study by doing questions. Yeah. Why? Because it asks you the questions and it trains you to how to use the information that yeah. you learned or whatever. So, so it's, it's, it's a it's, whole different way. It's a whole entire, and no, and it's, it's just a whole entire world. I'm like traumatized. I'm like PTSD right now. She's right now going through a whole PTSD moment right now. I'm like having like flashbacks of me like studying. But anyways, so an exa- another example of this is that AI can monitor the learning behavior and outcomes of students. So you mm-hmm. can it provides them with tailored quizzes, which yeah. is kind of what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Exercises and resources that they can enhance their learning, retention, and application through like the material. Okay. AI and medical education can offer many benefits, such as improving the quality, efficiency, and accessibility of medical education, as well as preparing students for future of medicine mm-hmm. that will be increasingly influenced by AI. I'm so afraid that I'm going to be like an older generation and here's going to come a student and they're going to show me something and I'm going to be like, where's the floppy disk? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Where's the floppy disk? And it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen, but I I really want to try and not be that generation where it's like, you know, I didn't need that. You know, I've been practicing for I don't know how many years and I don't need that. It's like, no, we need to stay with the times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's hard because I practice community medicine. I'm not in academics. So usually when you're in academics, you have to keep up, you know, with, keep up with everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in the community practicing on your own, you got to you have to like really take that initiative mm. because if not, you're going to be left behind. OK, I, I mean, I see it. I see how and why. Yeah, because yeah. you guys are isolated in that in that aspect. No, yeah, and when you're training residents, you're literally training the yeah. world of now. So you're more so you versed into like what's new, what's yeah. not, we, like grand rounds, like all right, these things. Right, right, right. So, and you can have that. You have access to that when you're a community physician. But not as much. But no, but you need to have the initiative. Mm. When you're in that world, you're in that world. You're versed in it. It's almost like you could just be sitting down and things are just like falling onto your lap. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But when you're a community <laughs> physician, you're like looking, you're like, what's new? What's this? Don't forget what's me. that? Yeah, don't forget <laughs> me. What is that? What? Did they change that? When did they change that? You know, like that's how it is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be like the person to take initiative yeah. to keep up with everything. Makes sense. Medicine. <laughs> you're always learning. <laughs> so AI and medical education also poses some challenges, though. So it's not all like butterflies. It, it poses challenges and risks, such as ensuring the validity, reliability, fairness of AI tools, yeah. protecting the privacy and security of data, and maintaining a human-AI interaction and collaboration, 
So it's important to integrate AI into medical education in a responsible, transparent, and ethical manner, which is with the involvement and oversight of relevant stakeholders, such as educators, students, regulators, and researchers. So they're just saying, I, it's going to be a situation that maybe the way that I interpret this is that it's not like we're going to be helping the AI. Yeah. It's the AI is going to be helping us. That's what not I, the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's the way to go with this. Yeah. It has to become a tool. Yeah. Exactly. Know? So here are some ways that AI is, again, being used in medicine. Drug discovery, because we already did diagnosis and treatment. Like we've been talking about that for the last 55 minutes of how it's going to help <laughs> um, diagnose and treatment, but also in drug discovery. AI can help researchers identify new drugs and treatments for diseases by analyzing large amounts of data, which would technically take researchers like today and years ago, years to go through that data and like, try to analyze it. Now, AI algorithms can help identify patterns and relationships that humans may not be able to detect. Patient monitoring. So AI can help doctors monitor patients remotely and alert them to potential health problems. Yeah, I think that's great. That's you know, pretty helpful. And there's a lot of patients that come in to see a specialist and then they leave to their hometown. You yeah. Know, they don't live where that specialist is. Right. So I think that is actually very helpful that you'll have some sort of follow up with that person. And in a more helpful and efficient way than just like a telehealth from where you are. Exactly. You know? And then, I mean, there's even this example, which is even more in depth, that it's like, AI algorithms can analyze data from wearable devices to detect changes in a patient's heart rate or blood pressure. Yeah. So that's that's pretty big. I'm just wondering, like, who's reviewing all of that? You know. I guess there'll be a new specialty. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or anything's possible. More people trained there. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Or a new type of a uh, doctor that's only dedicated to that type of that type of medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Medical research, obviously, AI can help researchers analyze large amounts of data, like we had said, for treatments and for cures of diseases. For example, they can help analyze genetic data to identify genes that may be associated with certain diseases, which is there's so many freaking genes out there. If we could have a computer system that could just grab all of that and analyze it, there's so much that we could learn from it. And then there are also concerns about the use in AIs. We've talked about it. Some of them are that people worry that AI could replace human doctors and lead to a loss of jobs. Mm -hmm. That's like the first thing what we talked about in our first tangent. Others worry about the accuracy and reliability of AI algorithms, which is true. That's why I think like a human doctor is going to have to just like review whatever advice or any anything comes from these yeah. AI things. Because at the end of the day, they are algorithms, you yeah. know? And then despite these concerns, the future of AI in medicine looks bright and has a potential to transform healthcare as we know it, which I definitely, definitely agree with that. And then I wanted to um, point out some current schools right now that are using AI to teach students. Like, And there's even, for instance, which I found awesome because Mario, my husband, graduated from here from yeah, residency yeah, yeah. from University of Texas San Antonio it's exactly that one it wasn't even Austin or Dallas or anything it was from San Antonio and they now have a dual degree program which is MD and Masters of Science degree in artificial intelligence that's crazy that's freaking I mean it's smart as shit yeah, yeah. because you know that it's leading to that mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so it's so it's awesome you know um UF Florida <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never even visited the campus, so I don't know. But anyway, University just... of Miami person. Well, yeah, no. no, yeah, I know, but it's just Florida. For yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Out of this list, it's the Florida one that we have. They also have integrated AI to it. Of course, Harvard. AI met. They have what is called AI in medicine PhD track. Hmm. You know because. Harvard. It's a great Harvard. Fantastic, you know, obviously. Northwestern University's Feinberg School of Medicine. They have that integrated as well as University of Illinois, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Birmingham? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Stanford University and NYU Grossman Mm -hmm. uh, School of Medicine. So there's a lot of people that are already incorporating it. And I'm telling you. Yeah, it's only going to grow. Yeah. We're going to see a lot more students. I'm going to see a lot more students and I'm going to be like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Teach me. Yeah, yeah. And then that's what I'm saying. If you're a student or you're thinking about going into medicine, check one of these places out because it's the proof is in the pudding that AI will be part of medicine. Yeah. There's no denying it. There's no escaping it. So if you could go into a program that already has that started and they're building onto that. I think you're going to have an edge. I really think so. I mean, that's what I would do. If I were going into med school right now, which I absolutely fucking not, at age 34, no. no. <laughs> but you do you. Yeah, me, my life, no. But if you were in today's world, 2023, thinking about doing that, I think it's a good, it's a good thing to look at. Yeah. Anyway, so that was today's episode. Hope you guys liked it. Keep bye. doing, uh, keep doing that. Anyway, bye. Bye. See <laughs> the next one. <laughs> Like, comment, review us on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, etc. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Funny Medicine Podcast. Our Gmail is at funnymedicine305 at gmail.com. And remember, we are not diagnosing you. Definitely not. Just funny stuff. See you later, guys. <laughs>